Jake, we got some throwback intro music there. Back, yeah, uh, yeah. back to the way it used to be. Uh, we will have all the slides at the end of the show. So if you haven't watched before, stick around for the very end. It's like one minute and just read through that. If, if, you, if you have, it's always good to just refresh yourself with our, our, with our principles. Uh, but otherwise, uh, we're going to just, you know, go, go back a little old school. I, I miss that, that song. Um, it, that song means a lot to me from uh, uh, my, my situation with Connor, with which many of you know about and I uh, can read about on the website. Uh, if you're shouldn't read up more about that, if you've forgotten or, or never knew, that's www.pixtheprofessor.com. But anyway, that aside, Jake, um, we talked before show. And you said you're about to let the dogs out. And at first I thought you meant we've got a show of nothing but underdogs. And I was really excited. And it got me thinking, you know, because that's my dream show. We know cousin Jared, right? Who's usually with us on college football. Uh, he's, he's under the weather, his whole family's sick. So if you, yeah. you know, drop him a line and, and hopefully a viewer and, and, and wish him that he, him and his family feel better. His dream show would be nothing but unders, right? We always joke about him being cousin totals, right? My dream show is nothing but like, yeah, 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 exactly. My hey, my dream show is nothing but like plus one forty picks that are fifty fifty, right? That's my dream weekend. I'm curious, Jake, what's your dream set of picks? Like, if you had a set of picks, you just like I love these. Like, what what is that for you? I, mm, that's a great question. I, I I like spreads where I can take the plus there because mm, that, the that means I got a better game that I enjoyed too because. When you're taking a dog, it's more fun, right, to win, but there's less of a chance. So, like, give them those mm. little points there and get, like, give me, like, a plus 10, and then it ends up being a three-point game, something like that. That's, that's a plus, a plus like 10, that. a plus 10, a plus 7, a plus 14, where it's a tight ball, and you're like, hey, it's a good game, yeah. and I don't have to care who wins. I can just root for whatever yes. I want because I got my money. All right, all right. Yes. Uh, here's your recap on screen of last week. Uh, A-grade sides continue. Well, this is three of the last four weeks. The A-grade sides have done well after some model tweaks. And we talked about this before. Last year's model was team-based, a little bit different than the player-based model. And by a little bit different, it's a lot different. It's completely different. And so, um, you know, we kind of knew we'd adjust and learn a little bit as we as we went. And I, I think we're starting to roll there on those. Um, we had two totals that Cousin Jared picked out for us. Uh, we dropped over on TikTok and Instagram, both those won. Uh, a lot of green, week, four, or week nine sides, 14 and 15. And it was actually positive. It was like point. 3% ROI or something. So I'm keeping it green because it was actually slightly positive. Why? Because I we like we love our dogs around here. We love to take yes. dogs in the money line. Um, I just hate laying it with favorites. And so we're going to try to overall have more dogs. Or the favorites we have are going to be short favorites. And that's we got we got a bunch of short favorites here uh, today in this slate. Here's the slate that we're going to cover. Uh, Jake, any anything I forget before we get rolling into a jam-packed week 10 slate? No, nothing. I mean, it's just impressive every time you can have just a solid green week like that. That's just very impressive. It is. And it's not even as good as the NFL has been. You and I have been rocking the NFL. We'll be doing that again tomorrow. So again, if you're make sure you catch that. But this week we've got eight picks for you. No extended cut, just eight picks. But here's what we're going to do. We are going to drop the study hall version of the show that Cousin Jared and I are going to do on Wednesday for everybody to see that way if you if you feel like you're missing out on all the college football games you can see exactly what you'd be missing over on dub club so one week only we're going to drop that for free for everybody where cousin jerry and i cover every single college football game we're calling this college football week because next week is college basketball and next week next week we'll be back with six days a week college basketball shows jake i know i know you're excited for that so 
we, we got to do college football week before we can get to college basketball week. You know, that's just the way it goes. Uh, yeah, I mean, I may or may not have been watching all the preseason scrimmages you can that are secret, but not secret. Yeah, I'm I'm sure you have. I was not. Uh, I got to dust off the model, but that's a whole other story. We'll get to it here now. Thursday, TCU and Tech. Folks, weird things happen in Lubbock. I think weirder things happen at Lubbock at night, and I think weirdest things happen at Lubbock at night on a Thursday. Model thinks TCU should be favored here. We still love TCU. Tech's quarterback is still uh, supposed to be out, although November is about when he would come back. I'm thinking, from my understanding, it's more later November, mid-November, so I don't think he's going to be back. You do kind of never know with some of these injury issues with college football. The reports are not as good as the NFL uh, for obvious uh, reasons that we don't have to dive into. Even if he is coming back. I don't expect him to be great. His first game, the backup hasn't been good. Tech's quarterback situation isn't good. I just haven't been that impressed with Tech. TCU's had some ups and downs, but I think Josh Hoover, while you know, maybe not quite as good as that one start, maybe not as bad as he looked against Kansas State. Kansas State's a much better team than Tech. Uh, I think they can get things rolling a little bit here. TCU's the better team, and Jake, this is an A-grade pick just based off of the fact that you're getting plus 130 odds. Even if the model's a little high on TCU and weird things happen in Lubbock, that's why you want the plus odds, right? I, I'd be a little bit hesitant to lay odds with the road team in Lubbock on a Thursday night because that's just a weird thing to happen. It's going to be kind of like what happened maybe to us last week with Syracuse and Virginia Tech. It's another place where weeknight games, you never know, right? But you're getting plus odds with the better team. It's too, it's too good to pass up, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I think these teams are almost – the same team kind of going at each other. Um, and I, I think it's more of a toss-up, so I'm going to get the plus odds there. I'm not sure that I would – whoever was plus odds is who I was going to be picking on this game. Mm-hmm. I don't know that one team is actually better than the other, no matter where they play. Um, so I think something weird can very well happen in Lubbock at night on a Thursday. But, I mean, TCU is also not as bad as they looked last week, and I think we're benefiting a little bit from here. I mean, Kansas State might be a little bit underrated, and then mm, I think everything I think so. went wrong that could go wrong for TCU in that to get beat 41-3 because, I mean, they just handled BYU the week before 44-11. to mm. So it's not like they're that terrible of a team. They just really didn't have it that night. And Texas Tech, I, I'm not been sold on them all year. Their, yeah. their wins haven't been impressive. I was high on it coming in. I mean, I know the quarterback injury and all that, but they just never really showed it. Um, I mean, I know we can't do too much transitive property here in college football math, but BYU is kind of the most recent both teams have yep. played. Uh, well, they actually played Kansas State. And, and Kansas State. Kansas State handled them yeah. both. Yeah. yeah, Kansas State handled them both. TCU handles BYU and uh, – Tech loses the BYU, so I think TCU might be a pretty smart player. Yeah, and and you're right. Obviously, yeah, transitive math and everything, you can't quite always go with that. But it is interesting to look at some of that. And just when you look at Tech even deeper, like they've played a couple of decent games, like the home game against Oregon where they hung around. I mean, that was a pretty admirable showing. But like they beat Houston at home, and I don't really think that means much. I mean, Houston might be the worst team in the Big 12. Uh, if it's not them, it's Baylor, and they beat Baylor – I mean, those are probably the two worst teams, and those are um, their two conference wins. They lost to West Virginia. There's nothing to be ashamed about that. And they lost at home to Kansas State. There's nothing to be ashamed about that. It just goes back to there's nothing really impressive about this team, whereas uh, it's, TCU, 
I think, you know, that shellacking against BYU, what they did last year, a lot of those guys are still on the team. And I think the quarterback situation is better with Hoover. He's not as good as what they had last year, but he's, I think he's better than Chandler Morris. And so I think it's a good time to back TCU coming off of that Kansas State loss. It's, I always love backing a team who just looked bad, uh, as long as you don't think that's just who they are. Right. And, and I think TCU yeah. is, is going to be an erratic team. That's why I've got them ranked 26, or the model has them ranked 26. They're, they're an erratic team. They're not a top 15 team like they were last year, uh, but they're still a decent team uh, that's that's maybe not quite as good as that shellacking to BYU, but not quite as bad as that that Kansas State one. And so plus odds here is just too good to pass up. I think I might slightly different a little bit on what you said. I think that TCU is a better team, but on the road kind of balances it out. So it, it might be closer to a coin toss than the model realizes. Uh, the model gives Tech a decent bit for home field because Lubbock has always been a tough place to play. But uh, really just the plus odds is what this is at. So plus 130 for TCU. I think they got a shot to win that one. Which takes us to Saturday. Uh Texas A&M Ole Miss. I don't even have the banner for that one for whatever reason. So no banner for this. Texas A&M Ole Miss. Uh, we're, we're just going to go to this one. I don't even know what the pick is. Uh, A&M uh, on the road, 28% likely to win according to the model. Ole Miss, 72% uh, likely to win. We are on um, – it didn't populate. Miss. What? We're on Ole Miss. All right, there we go. We're on Ole Miss. I don't even know what the odds are. But whatever it is, we're on Ole Miss. Take it away, Jake. <laughs> I think this A&M team has uh, been – Way given way too much credit for a couple of the games they played. I mean, the Tennessee that was a pitiful offensive performance. Tennessee's defense is goodish, but they're not good enough to hold somebody to 13 points like that. And uh, I mean, South Carolina is whatever, is whatever. I don't think putting up 30 on South Carolina is anything impressive. Uh, I just I have no faith in Cousin Jared's Texas A&M team to, to come through when they need to come through. Um, Ole Miss, on the other hand, yeah, Ole Miss, on the other hand, I think they're starting to, like, come alive. The LSU game kind of, like, seemed to wake them up. You got, they, Arkansas is a decent team and can really do well do well at times. Uh, they gave Bama all sorts of fits, so the seven-point win there's nothing. But then at Auburn – Crazy. There's another seven point win, and they just destroyed Vandy. I think Ole Miss with Jackson Dart and is a very good quarterback, but it's that it's Judkins, man. I think he makes all the difference. And Tennessee was able to move the ball a little bit, or like especially running the ball and stuff against uh, Texas a and I think Judkins is a much better running back than anybody Tennessee has. I think that's where the difference lies. Is the offense on the offensive side, the Ole Miss defense can play. Good enough, but doesn't really have to be that great to slow down the uh, Texas A&M offense. That's not, I mean, besides Anaya Smith, is, is her, I think that's his name. Uh, their weapons really don't scare anybody, so you just have to kind of watch that, watch him. And I think Ole Miss has got enough to do that. Yeah, I'm pretty high on this Ole Miss team. It's sometimes tough to parse through the SEC. We always talk about right, someone's going to win, someone's going to lose, and that doesn't necessarily mean. Uh, a whole lot because you never know who's beating up on each other. And you're going to have these teams who have like a bunch of close losses or a bunch of close wins. And it's, it's, it's really, and that's why we have the model to help us parse through that. Because otherwise I feel like this middle upper part of the, of the sec is just really tough to, to figure out. Um, and that's kind of what the model helps us do. And as uh, Ole Miss is distinctively better and at home, 
Uh, it's minus 155 are the odds on Ole Miss, and that is an A-grade pick. So the model thinks there's a lot of value here on taking the home team uh, to beat AM. And now we'll get to Notre Dame and Clemson. And Jake, I'm glad that you chose this game to discuss here with us. And we're going to discuss every game with Cousin Jared. So I say that it doesn't really matter because we're talking every game anyway, um, whether it's with, with you or Cousin Jared here in, in, in 48 hours. But I, I'm high on this Notre Dame team. I think they're pretty good. Their offense can sometimes struggle against a good defense. And that's going to be the big test here <clears throat> is can they get anything going against Clemson, uh, Clemson's defense? But I just have no faith in Clemson scoring whatsoever on this Notre Dame defense. I'm not high on Clemson at all. They're going backwards on offense. It seems like it's just getting worse and worse every year for them. Um, obviously, they were high when they had DJU coming in there and he was playing uh, as a freshman, getting some reps for, for uh, Trevor Lawrence. And that was such a, you know, a great situation. Everybody was so excited about that. And then the wheels just came off and we've talked about it, in, you know, ad nauseum, right? How much that was the lack of a running back probably caused a lot of those problems and then trying to put too much on the quarterback. But then it's just like I said, the wheels came off and it's just a downward spiral for that offense being ranked number 51 offensively when there's only 133 schools is not that good compared to where they want to be and, and, and where they've been previously. And so they're obviously relying on their defense, but the model thinks Notre Dame wins this game two out of three times. And we'll see this in the back part of the slides. I kind of added them a little bit, that 60 seconds, if you want to listen to that, to the music, watch those slides here. The concept here that we're talking about is whether Notre Dame or Clemson wins this game or whether any of these games win or lose, the model isn't right or wrong based off any one thing. It's right or wrong based off the culmination of them. And so the idea is there's going to be a bunch of games the model thinks are around two out of three likelihoods. And when we aggregate those up to about two out of three of them win, that's what makes it a good model. And if Notre Dame does indeed win two out of three, it makes minus 165 a pretty decent investment. B grade, not as strong as some of the other ones, but Cousin Jared and I have looked through this, uh, you know, a, a lot of the data and we've kind of found that the uh, A and B grades are worth playing, especially with uh, a couple of tweaking to some of the criteria. So we think we've got this figured out pretty well. So we're going to put a little bit less on it because the value is not quite there, but we still absolutely want this in our portfolio. And I personally love Notre Dame on this one just because I have no faith in Clemson. At least Notre Dame offensively, I think, has some hope. They got a couple things to fix. Clemson, I don't know where to start with trying to fix that offense. It's going to start with Dabo and figure it out that the transfer portal is a piece you want to use. Yeah, absolutely. There's been some, there's been some recruiting misses. He, I know the office coordinator, like he's kind of like, I don't know if it's the office coordinator, Dabo controlling because, well, let's face it, from TCU mm -hmm. was incredible at TCU. And we, and we really been, thought, we really had high hopes for this season because of that. Yeah. And, and I mean, I don't know if it's Dabo kind of restraining him or maybe Kate isn't as good as what well, we the thought he was sure isn't. That's, that's yeah. sure. <laughs> so I, it's just all sorts of mix of craziness there that the offense that I was very high on coming to the year, I was same. <laughs> we did our season bets. I took the over and now same. I just want to them into the ground. Yeah. I, I had, I have club Nick now as the 103rd rated quarterback out of 133 starters right now. And I mean, that's just incredibly bad for a, a team that had aspirations of playing in the playoff. It, it's just incredible how how bad he's been, you know? Yeah, and I mean, they might not even make a bowl at this point. Uh, nah, they'll probably make a bowl. ACC's weak, right? Yeah, I mean, they. Whew, I don't know. They dropped to Louisville. That hurt that chance, but I mean, wow. 
weird things happen. I mean, yeah. Virginia is all of a sudden a team to worry about. That's true. That's true. <laughs> but uh, either way, Notre Dame, very good team. Got a great quarterback at Hartman, an incredible yep. running back, a really good defense too. I just I don't see where Clemson will have any kind of advantage at any point in this game. I think Notre Dame is going to be able to do whatever they want when they want because I think that their offense is going to be putting their defense in just bad situations. So the defense will probably look worse than what it is. But I think Hartman and, and Estime are just going to have have another field day because it seems like after the game and the Ohio State game, I, I want to toss the Louisville one out because whatever. Uh, but <laughs> it's just like everybody has a bad game, right? I think yeah. I want to toss that one out. But USC, I mean, terrible defense. They put up 48. Another bad defense with Pitt. They put up 58. I mean, the two, though, if you look at the Duke, and at that point, Duke had a really good defense, and Ohio State's got an elite defense this year. Yeah. They're, I mean, they're in one score games with them. And I mean, they had Ohio State beat if they could just, I don't know, call a timeout and get 11 guys on the field. But I think, I think this Notre Dame team will just run through Clemson. Yeah. I mean, the biggest thing is, you, you know, you compare like the Ohio State game. Uh, both these, both Ohio State clubs have very good defenses. The difference is Ohio State's offense is light years ahead of Clemson. Ohio State's offense, obviously, if you're an Ohio State fan, you know you're hoping for more because you're going to win a national title. So you're hoping for, a, you know, an elite offense or whatever. And it may not be up to that standards. It may not be up to as good as last year's, but it's so much better than this Clemson offense. Uh, you mentioned Clemson in a bowl, and I, I had to look it up because this blows my mind. But Clemson's four and four. If they lose this game, they'll be four and five with games against Georgia Tech, North Carolina, and South Carolina. Uh, I have to get two more wins. That's it's obviously doable, but it's just shocking that it's that we're even having this conversation. I just was like, no, you're crazy. Um, but wow, it's actually possible they can miss a bowl, which just baffles baffles the mind. Uh, Notre Dame though minus one sixty five. B grade pick there, even on the road. Uh, just a much better team uh, than Clemson. Which takes us to Florida Atlantic and UAB. Uh, Jake, if this was college basketball, I'm pretty sure I remember these teams playing, and it was a Pretty sure we had it was like a total in the one sixties. Pretty yeah. sure it was a fun up and down game for football. Florida Atlantic is pretty solid. Look at that defense. Florida Atlantic ranks twenty six. The model's been very high on Florida Atlantic, and they've been pretty good to us. The model's actually a little bit higher on UAB, I think, than the market is, or than some of the other advanced analytics are. Uh, but this is all Florida Atlantic for us here at minus one fifteen. Model thinks they win this seventy percent of the time. That they're just absolutely the better team. UAB, I have no idea what I'm going to get with them, not just from game to game, but from like quarter to quarter and series to series. Florida Atlantic loses their quarterback. Yeah, Florida Atlantic loses their quarterback, and it doesn't even seem to matter. Uh, they're, they're still doing just fine. Tom Herman, Tom Herman's a pretty good coach. And when you look back at the coaches that have been at the University of Texas in the last several months, he's actually was probably the most successful of all of them. They just weren't satisfied with you know, the nine wins or whatever he was getting them. Um, obviously, TBD about this season and, how, and and where things go. And obviously, we can't close that chapter yet. But, I mean, he actually wasn't bad there at Texas. Just didn't live up to those standards. He was a great coach at Houston. Uh, and I think he's doing great things at Florida Atlantic. He seems like he's a really good college football coach. Uh, I, I'm not sure he'll, you know, if he'll succeed at a big school later on. But based off what he's doing at Florida Atlantic, you have to imagine he'll get the opportunity. That defense is playing really well in the offense doing just enough, 
Obviously, if you had Casey Thompson, you have to imagine they're even better, but still should be able to get the win here on the road. Uh, Jake minus 115 offers us a lot of value, uh, even if it's anywhere near 70% likely that FAU wins this game. Yeah, this is my favorite. This is the one that uh, stuck out to me immediately. Um, this Florida Atlantic team has been really kind to us and a lot better than people expected. Uh, I mean, they can really – they can play some really good defense, and they also their offense can go when they, when they need to need it to. I mean, they put up fifty six. Even though South Florida's not great at anything, but they're still putting up fifty six points is nice. Um, and the, I mean, the UTSA, but that game. Eh, I, I think UTSA start starting to roll yeah. at this point too. Yeah, I think I think that is just they ran into a buzzsaw, and I mean they responded on the road with a thirty to sixteen win at Charlotte. I'm not sure UAB knows that defense exists. I mean, it's out. It's crazy. I mean, the same USF team that FAU put up 56 on, they put up 56, but they also gave up 35. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's I'm not sure that USF has scored 35 another time this year. Uh, but, I mean, Memphis with 45, UTSA put up 41, Tulane 35, and that's surprising that Tulane didn't put up more. I mean, Georgia puts up 49. I just don't think UAB is going to be able to stop Florida Atlantic at any point. And I'm not sure their offense is good enough to solve this Florida Atlantic defense. Yeah, UAB played a pretty good half against Tulane and then just got smoked in the second half. They also lost just as bad to UTSA. Uh, they they weren't competitive at all against Memphis. I mean, the only game that UAB has really been yeah, – they got smoked by Louisiana. They got smoked by Georgia Southern. Uh, the only game they've really been competitive in all season from start to finish was the win against South Florida. Um, if I'm looking at this correctly, it just hasn't been a very impressive season, but uh, Florida Atlantic, you know, I think the the, to me, their defense should be able to get enough stops to keep UAB from putting up those numbers in the thirties and forties. And that's the only way that UAB is going to win this game. Uh, you have to imagine if they can, if they can do that, but it doesn't seem likely that, that, that they can get up to that number of points. And so that makes Florida Atlantic uh, pretty appealing. Uh, they were good to us last week against Charlotte. Uh, and so hopefully they can do it again here against UAB. UCF at Cincinnati. Uh, this is somehow a big 12 game. It's very weird that it is. It, it doesn't feel like it should be, but, but here we are. Uh, UCF, we kind of mentioned them last week on show because Jerry and I talked about them and comparing with, with Oklahoma coming off of uh, their, their close win over UCF, that UCF defense, not terrible. Uh, and you could see them and Cincinnati's defense, not terrible. The biggest difference here is that UCF with John Reese Pumley, a pretty good offense. Um, whatever the heck happened last week, we're just going to like go with that was a one-off for UCF. And again, as we always talk about, sometimes you get some value backing a team who just didn't look very good because that offense is better than what they showed in that game. Uh, I think we talked about some of the, some of the weaker teams in the Big 12, uh, Houston, Baylor, Cincinnati, of course, also, and I should have mentioned them. Those are probably the three worst teams in the Big 12, if I had to guess. And to me, um, you know, UCF did struggle last week, but, West Virginia can do some things that I'm not sure Cincinnati could do. I mean, Cincinnati lost home to Baylor. That's really all you need to know, right? Like, surely UCF can go in there. And UCF played a tight game with Baylor. So, I mean, transitive property works, right? We'll just pretend it does. Minus 180. Be great pick on UCF. According to model, they win 73% of the time. Don't listen to me on the transitive property thing. I'm just having fun. Uh, Jake, to me, the biggest difference though, is the offense for UCF. That's the game changer uh, in this matchup. Yeah, it, it really is, especially with John Reese Pumley back. And I mean, that game 
last week. I know the final was uh, really good to West Virginia for UCF. The final score doesn't look great, but that was a three-point game going in the fourth quarter, and I think John Reese probably kind of got stuck in quicksand where every, the harder he tried, the, the worse it got. And, 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 just and UCF – UCF was minus three on turnovers, and that was Plumlee. Plumlee threw three interceptions yeah. that tied his career high, and that we got we got caught. Like it was kind of incredible that, that we made any money last weekend because it felt like a lot of games we were on the wrong side of the turnover. And that turnover stuff's just kind of random. I mean, yeah, like worst teams turn the ball over, but like on aggregate, like we weren't choosing all the crap. This wasn't like we just bet on only teams in the bottom, you know, ranked eighty to one thirty three, right? Like so, it's yeah. like oh, we we asked for it, like. Just sometimes the turnover luck just didn't go away and pull me through the interception. You just never know when that's going to happen. And it, it, it got him last week, and that was the difference in the game. But, like, I don't expect that to keep happening. He's a better quarterback than that. And and hopefully, you know, like you said, we don't we don't get that same thing. Uh, yeah. And, and, and the, the close game flips, and we're on the right side of it rather than the wrong side, right? Oh, for sure. I, I think – this UCF team was much better. Cincinnati is just seems to be kind of flailing. I mean, there's there's nothing you can look at and go, this feels good like anymore. I mean, especially after the last couple of years with Luke Fickle and mm-hmm. they were right around the playoffs like year in, year out. And now it's just they finally make it to a big boy conference and fall flat. And I know it's not necessarily all this coach's fault. He's and all, all that. It just feels – it was a, it was a downgrade at the coaching spot. I mean, there's yeah. no doubt about that. Yeah, and I mean the fans feel it, and if the and the, the disappointment of where they were to where they are now, and I think that leaks its way into the locker room and makes it, and it just makes it harder to do better when you just feel every all the disappointment around you. Um, and not that I don't think there was that much expected of this team. It's just where they were, and I think this UCF team was is very underrated for how good they are with Plumlee. Uh, I know the results aren't there, but they they're they're in all these games. They're close. Uh, I think they're finally got a one where they're the much better team and, and should win. I mean, you had to be high if you were a Cincinnati fan, high on the season, thinking that it would go well. You had you know a non-conference game against a weak Pittsburgh team, a non-conference game at home against Miami. Ohio. It was not a bad team, but it's at home. And that was a loss. And then from then they haven't won a single conference game, but they they miss Texas, they miss TCU, they miss Kansas State. I mean, they they the only top team that they have to play is Oklahoma, and then in the, the middle tier you'd have Kansas and Oklahoma State. But I mean, it was one of the weaker Big Twelve schedules, and you had to be more you know optimistic or whatever and obviously it's a new coach but you know you had a coach who left behind some talent um presumably at least and and whatnot but yeah big downgrade at at the coaching position which which matters and um yeah in the running for the worst big 12 team i mean could you really feel that good though if you're since you know you got emory jones coming in he couldn't win the job at florida couldn't win the job at arizona state so he comes to cincinnati and yeah. as your starter, that, that can't feel good. It, it is interesting. I'm a little surprised that they brought in Emory Jones, and this is nothing against him or nothing against any of the quarterbacks to talk about that are struggling, right? I'm sure they're great people. Um, we're just comparing their their performance to other really good athletes, right? I mean, they're obviously much better than we are, right? So 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 duly note that, people. Um, but it is interesting because the quarterbacks who transfer around a ton don't tend to do well 
if they land at a power five school. They tend to do better if they just drop down. And that's kind of what you're seeing with JT Daniels at Rice having a solid season, dropping down a level, right? And Casey Thompson tried that going to FAU. And of course, unfortunately for him, got hurt. Um, but to me, that seems like the better move at that point. And I know obviously the quarterback wants to go to the best school possible. But when you have failed at multiple schools or been dissatisfied with what's happening at multiple schools, when you get to that third one, it's, I feel like it usually doesn't go well. So, I mean, uh, that kind of, embodies the whole issue that Cincinnati's had. So UCF, again, didn't look good last week, but a good bounce back spot here. And again, you're never as bad as you just look, which usually creates a little bit of value. I think that's why we've got B grade value on this pick. Illinois at Minnesota, talking about value, uh, I, I'm just seeing nothing good about this Illinois team. And I'm sorry if you're an Illinois fan. Uh, I, I think Minnesota is decent. They got a good defense. Uh, offensively, you know, not that great. Not a single team in the Big Ten West is doing well offensively. Um, so it's no different for them than anybody else. But at least their defense is better. Illinois' defense has fallen off. And we talk about ways this game is going to be won. That's the difference maker is the fact that the best unit on the field is Minnesota's defense. The worst unit on this field is Illinois' offense. It's going to make it hard for Illinois to score points. Minnesota at only minus 125 at home is shocking to me. This Minnesota team is decent. I don't think Illinois is. I'm just flabbergasted that we're getting minus 125 model thinks Minnesota wins 73% of the time. Jake, what do you got? Yeah. I think Minnesota is clearly in that step above most of the West, like them, Iowa and Wisconsin. And then everybody else is just real bad. And then uh, way below the teams in the East with Ohio state, Michigan and uh, Penn state. And I mean, they've shown that on the field. I mean, the Northwestern game, that's, I don't know what happened there, but I don't know if anybody does. That's just wild. But I mean, Illinois has been bad all year. I think there was some little bit some expectations. I think they were ranked to start the year or or close to it, and then they struggle with Toledo. But I think Toledo's a decent team. Keep it close with Kansas, but then I mean, you're looking at I think they. I don't know if they really kept that close. If I remember correctly, they they scored late. But I mean, I think they got they. I think the final score was closer than the game actually was. I mean, that's the rest of their schedule, too. I mean, the random win at Maryland seems to be a fluke because the other wins, uh, Florida Atlantic, who was only a six-point win. So I, there's nothing. Altemeyer's just not looked great. And a couple times, I mean, he's leading the team in rushing at times. And like, it's just there's nothing great on this offense. The defense isn't what we kind of thought it was going to be coming into the year. Minnesota's defense is a top-tier kind of defense, so Illinois is not going to be able to move the ball, let alone score. And, I mean, Minnesota proved that they can win with just field goals like they did against Iowa. Uh, that's crazy. So, <laughs> that's, I mean, they don't even really have to get within 20 yards of the end zone to win this game. They, I think they can – I think they will score because I don't think Illinois' defense is, yeah. is any good. But, I mean, they don't need to. And I think Illinois is that kind of bad. I mean, Minnesota has proven to be just very run-of-the-mill. Uh, the opening win against Nebraska and a close one was just okay. They lost at North Carolina by a decent bit. North Carolina's a pretty solid team despite their struggles recently. Um, they beat Louisiana by 11. Louisiana's a pretty solid team, but I mean, it's just kind of ho-hum. They got thumped by Michigan. That's just whatever, right? They, they handle Michigan State. I mean, it's just kind of like ho-hum, whatever, right? And that is the type of team that should beat Illinois at home. That's, that's the bottom line. Uh, Do you think- Illinois... 
Illinois is coming off a buy, so there is a little bit of that potential. But I don't know if the buy can really fix the problems that Illinois has. The problems, you know, they're going to have to figure out how to move the ball against a decent defense, and they're going to have to figure out how to stop anybody. And they, they haven't yeah. Illinois has done a good job stopping anybody. Do you, do you think PJ Fleck that there is trying to out Iowa, Iowa in the Big Ten West? I don't think. Not I don't think offense. he's. I don't think he's trying to because it's not gotten to that extreme level and he doesn't have the caliber of defense that they have at Iowa. But uh, I have watched them a couple of times and it does feel like that. It makes you wonder that, right? Because that's kind of the, the, the type of gameplay that they're, uh, that they seem to be going with. But uh, Minnesota minus 125, uh, A grade value, just off the charts, in my opinion. One of my favorite picks of the weekend. 7.30 p.m. Eastern Washington, Southern Cal. Um Model's probably too high on both these defenses. I'm speculating. I don't know. Um, I'm not sure either defense is that good, to be completely honest. Both offenses are great. Um, both of these teams fall outside of the top tier, according to the sideline, because of their defensive shortcomings. Washington, Washington's offense is down to number seven. And there was a time when they were, I think, top, probably top three, uh, but you know, when you have that game against Arizona state where they put up 15 points or whatever that was, I mean, that's not good. So when Southern Cal struggled, it hasn't been because of the offense, right? It's been because of the defense, but Washington's defense has been better, but not by much. Bottom line is these two teams are pretty similar. Um, I, I think USC is the better offense and USC has the worst defense, but otherwise I think they're pretty similar to each other. The games at USC, they're obviously not going to have the biggest home field edge. Not if it was flipped, if it was flipped, obviously Washington would have a much better home edge in that game than you have here. But it's a long trip from Washington down to Los Angeles, and that takes a toll. To me, this is A-grade value, not necessarily because I'm super confident USC will win. It's I have no idea what's going to happen in this game. So plus 150 is great. This is what I was talking about at the start of the show. If you could just fill my entire Saturday card with these games, I would love it. I have no idea what's going to happen. Let's get some popcorn and give me some Diet Dr. Pepper, and I can enjoy watching all these plus 150s and the ones that lose, you know, get blown out, whatever, and I can focus in on the, on the close ones because – we're going to win about half of them and at plus 150. That's going to lead to profits on a Saturday. That's my take on this. I don't know what yours is. Like I, this game, I have zero clue what's going to happen besides that. It's just going to rain points because the defense yep. can get in the way of anybody. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I, I mean, I would say last week was a look ahead spot for both these teams, but with the weeks they had before with Washington struggling with Arizona state and, mm-hmm. uh, USC going on a two-game losing streak. I, I don't surely they didn't let this like last week be a look ahead for either team. Um, I just think they can't play defense no matter what. And there's a lot of faith being put um, on the offenses. And if I'm putting faith in my offense, I want Caleb Williams over Michael mm. Penix. Uh, yeah. He just seems to like he's something special. There's a reason everybody's talking about the Bears. Like whatever team was getting the first pick, tanking for him because. He, he seems to be that kind of generational type talent to uh, so come in and make an immediate impact. I mean, he beat, there's a reason he came in as a freshman and beat out, I think Rattler was either mm-hmm. the Heisman right. winner or or uh, was close to it the year before. Then Williams comes in and takes his job from him. I think. Yeah, he didn't win it. I, don't, I know that much. Yeah, but he, he, I, think, I think, I mean, I'm assuming with Lincoln Riley as your head coach at Oklahoma, you were close to Heisman anyway. <laughs> It's not a it's not a bad uh <laughs> bad thought process. <laughs> but, but I just I think this USC offense, I mean, and 
everything gets kind of lost in how bad their defense is and the couple losses they had. But I mean, Lloyd is a great running back, and you've got handful of great receivers around in there. I, I just not sold that Michael Penix is going to be the guy to carry through because even the Oregon game, which is where they're kind of laying their hat on. I mean, he made a couple great passes there at the end to get them ahead, but they still left too much time for Oregon and Oregon had every, every bit of a chance there to go win it at least tie it and miss the field goals. So I, I don't know. I'm just not, I don't have many faith in Washington to, slow down Southern Cal. I think they've got the much better offense. Um, Interestingly enough, Rattler competed with Tanner Mordecai for the quarterback uh, or for the quarterback job there at Oklahoma, which I I did not realize that Mordecai, of course, then ended up transferring to SMU and then into Wisconsin. Uh, Successful at SMU, at least though, uh, not unsuccessful, leaving that one. Um, Rattler was the favorite to win the Heisman going into the 2021 season. And that's when he got benched for Caleb Williams because he started to struggle. Um, you mentioned Caleb Williams. He does seem a little bit like uh, Patrick Mahomes. And I don't want to make that like as a, I'm not trying to say he's as good as him or will be, but that same sort of just kind of like backyard football, just like I'm going to run around and do something. And then we're going to get a big play out of it. And, and that's obviously what people hope he can turn into one day is Mahomes. And obviously he still has a lot of work to do that. Um, but you know, obviously the issues that USC has been having, uh, has not been because of the offense. It's been because the defense is terrible and they will give up tons of points to, to Penix and that Washington offense. But, uh, I'm just, I'm like you, I'm not convinced Washington can get stops either. Uh, Washington might win this game. I have no idea. Uh, I think it's a good spot to back Southern Cal simply because everyone's so down on them. And that's part of why there's value on this pick. A lot of times I like to look at these and I'd say, why is there value on this pick? Well, it's because they just looked bad the week before. Okay. Well, if they just look bad before and everyone's overreacting, we're going to have a level head and we're going to take advantage of that value. And that's kind of what I I think is here. Everyone's high on Washington and they're a fun team. Absolutely. But they have some massive flaws that are not drastically different than USC's are. Um, USC, obviously in a two game losing streak did not look good last week, but Washington hasn't looked great either in conference play, right? They could have easily lost uh, this last week. Uh, to one of the weaker teams in the conference. Uh, and then they almost lost the week before to one of the weaker teams in the conference. So, I mean, they obviously at their best are really good, but that defense is a problem. Like you said, we're going to rain points. Who the heck knows? Home field matters a lot in the Pac-12. So plus 150 is just way too good to pass up. To me, uh, to the model, the model thinks USC is actually the better team by a smidge. So I think they should be favored because they're at home. Um the fact that they're not, we love us these wrong team favorite games. They've been really good to us on the whole. Doesn't mean all of them win. It just means on average, we've done really well with them. Which takes us to our nightcap. we got a bunch of the big games covered here. And again, remember, folks, if you want to catch all the other games, we're actually going to give you that here uh, in 48 hours. And Jerry and I will cover the rest of the We'll cover all the small schools, all the terrible football games. We will have that covered for you. But the big one here, LSU and Alabama. Um, Jake, we have basically SEC semifinal games this week from the way I'm looking at it on both the East and the West. Missouri's kind of the last stand for Georgia and then LSU Alabama here kind of for the West. It doesn't mean it's exact weird things can happen, but you know, if Alabama and Georgia win these, I think we kind of know that we're going to get like Alabama, Georgia in the SEC title game for the like 19th straight year or ish approximately. Um, This one should be a good game. LSU's offense is great. 
Their defense lacks a lot. Their defense is good enough to stop Army. Uh, their defense is good enough to get a few stops here and there against some of the weaker teams. But, I mean, when you're giving up 50 points in conference, Bama's offense has looked a lot better as of late. They're not quite that high-flying offense that they hope to have. The defense still looks good. I think there's some value in Alabama here because LSU's this hot, trendy team, and they're and they're looking a lot better. They have a great offense. Jaden Daniels has been incredible for them. But uh, I kind of think that there's a little bit of value on Alabama because we're all tired of Alabama. But Nick Saban's got this team after a terrible start playing pretty good football. Model thinks going forward that they should be viewed as the second best team in the country. Uh, that doesn't mean they've played like the second best team in the country, but that they are the second best team as regards to pure talent of what they've got on the field, largely because you lose Brock Bowers. Uh, that's what jumps them over Georgia. Brock Bowers, of course, is a, again, a man among boys, but uh, the, you know, that injury knocking Georgia down to three, this is a really good team at home. I don't know why Alabama isn't favored by more other than just, it's not fun to pick on to pick to pick Alabama, right? No, it's, it's everything. It goes against everything. I believe him to be picking Alabama. Uh, especially after last week, <laughs> and, and, but whatever. Uh, Alabama is the better team. Uh, LSU has got a high flying offense, but you know their uh, their defense can't. Won't we'll, we'll be able to stop this Alabama offense because I think they are playing a lot better. Like the second half against Tennessee, it looked like Mil- Milrow looked like a completely different quarterback. Uh, the run, I forget the running back's name. Um, is it Jason McKellen? Um, yeah. Either way, he he starts to look good. The defense is very solid. Uh, I mean, in LSU, I mean, Daniels is just can be so inconsistent at times. I mean, he's having a great year, but he can very well go up up and down. And going to Tuscaloosa is going to be tough. Um, night game. Night game, I think it's, everything is going against them. And, I mean, if we want to go back and look at some of the college football math, like both teams played a three-point three point win at home with Arkansas. Um, Alabama held Ole Miss to 10 points and beat them by 14, where uh, LSU was in that crazy shootout with them. It was mm-hmm. like 55 to 49 and just couldn't stop them anywhere. Uh, I don't think home field makes the, what, 40-point difference in between those two scores. Uh, so I, I think LSU's probably going to give them a game. I think this is close. I would be laying points with Alabama, but I do think they win this game. Yeah, minus 155, a great pick. Model says they win 83% of the time. That equates to about five out of six. So, again, as we're always talking about, <clears throat> if LSU wins this game, uh, you know, hey, it might be one, that one out of six times. It's just that's going to be the type of effort that it's going to take from their defense to stop Alabama. And it's possible we saw it absolutely happen last year. I just think that there's value in Alabama because I think the uh, perception uh, is, hey, LSU won this game last year. How they do it last year, they got them into a shootout, and LSU's offense is better than Alabama's offense. And LSU's turned it around, and they're you know, their defense is more competent now and all these things. And it's just the narrative is just really pushing that direction. But again, this Alabama team is like, it's not sexy to talk about, but this Alabama team is pretty solid at this point, um, which is again, never fun for those of us who aren't Alabama fans. If you're an Alabama fan, you're just like, whatever. Right. Um, but you know, for the rest of us, uh, it's always, it's kind of fun when Alabama looks weak for a year, you know, and, and that's what we kind of thought early on. The loss against Texas, we're like, oh my gosh, they can't stop the deep ball. 
um, that's going to get them, you know, killed or whatever. And the South Florida game, and that was kind of in a monsoon, but it was like, they, you know, still played so terrible there. And then all of a sudden it's like, Saban got it together again. That's the big concern about this is the deep ball. LSU obviously can do it. You wonder if some of the teams that Alabama has beat have been able to be as proficient as LSU, but all the other teams that Alabama has beat in this time span have tried to do that. It's not like none of them knew it. Uh, and obviously LSU can do the deep ball probably better than any of those opponents, but I'm not sure better enough for it to matter in Alabama. Probably more matters LSU. If this game's in LSU, it's a whole different story. But here, uh, 155 is just, you know, it's not fun. And that's probably why we're getting good value. But hey, we're only about making money here. Uh, you know, we check our emotions at the door. Uh, that's our recap, Jake. Parting words for people as they look over the full recap of picks that we gave them today. Look, I'm sorry for picking all the big name teams. I had to kind of sub it in here for Cousin Jared. I had to pick the teams that I knew enough to talk about. Come back later this week when Cousin Jared's back because that's where the, the money's in the crumbs with these small ones. That's where all the misprice stuff is. And I think where your sideline provides so much value and keeping up with the small teams that are rarely on TV. Yeah, absolutely. So if you've if you've watched this, hopefully you get this viewing in in the next forty eight hours, uh, next twenty four hours, because you got NFL show coming at you, yep. and then we'll have that that show that cousin Jerry and I do, which will be probably probably two hours where we'll talk every other college football game. So it'll be a lot of fun. We'll talk about all the crap schools. We'll talk about what the model things. We'll talk about what he thinks. We'll talk about totals. We'll talk about everything uh, on that show. So it'll be a lot of fun. Uh, otherwise, though, thanks for watching. We got sixty seconds of music and some fun slides that I made up for you, uh, and then we will be back in twenty four hours for some NFL.